Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines. The Army Ordnance Corps. Hello and welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Uh, you know Every Soldier Counts for us because it's in our name. Uh, my name is Debraj Mukherjee, Captain Debraj Mukherjee, otherwise known as Raj, and today we're talking about safety. Uh, as we enter into the winter, uh, the winter season, we're actually entering into what I recently learned is the most dangerous season for uh, soldiers. I have with me our safety officer, Mr. Christopher Starnes. How are you doing today? Doing well, thank you. And so tell me, what does a, what does a safety officer do, if you don't mind telling me a little bit about that? Uh, so the safety officer is uh, primarily responsible for advising the command team okay. uh, on risk management and occupational health and safety uh, requirements, you know, that are set forth through the Department of the Army, the Department of Defense, whether uh, and also OSHA or host nation laws. So we are the subject matter experts for that. You're the subject matter experts on a lot of stuff, it sounds like. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, it could be it could be daunting at times, you know, and then sometimes when you start digging through the weeds. You know, you find out that some rules, uh, they they counteract each other. You <laughs> no, know? So you yeah. kind of like got to figure out where you're at in time and space and kind of where, uh, you know, which ones are applying to you right, right now. Um, but maybe, t- you know, the next job site, the next day might be something completely different and that you're following a different set of rules. So, yeah, whenever, yeah. whenever I think of like uh, the safety section, I always think of like SUMs whenever I'm getting ready to go to the motor pool in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, are there any SUMs? And I think once there was like a really long one on like tires and uh, yeah, the safety guys always walk around to make sure we got our oil stored correctly and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's an important job and it's a it's a large, uh, you know, it seems like such a wide breadth that you guys have to cover. And then, yeah, like you said, now you're you're having to be the subject matter expert on all these things mm-hmm. and you have to use your judgment on like what applies and when. So that sounds like a, a huge responsibility that I'm glad I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you definitely got to apply a lot of judgment to it, you know, uh, especially when it comes to the risk management process mm. you know risk management uh can be subjective oh yeah you know based off the individual based off of their experiences you know stuff like that uh i was having a conversation with a uh, with a colonel recently and he's talking to me about how he envisions risk management and uh you know he spoke to me and what he had to say was was wonderful it was great right um but again, you know, I, I told him, I was like, sir, yeah, but you're also speaking with years of experience. You know, think about that young second lieutenant or that young E5 out there that's putting this risk assessment together. Like, and, you know, it's just it's it could be completely different and just not making the mark. You know, I 100 percent agree. I think uh, for me coming up as a as a lieutenant, the first <laughs> risk assessment I put together versus, you know, the most recent risk assessment I've ever done, especially when I was a commander. Uh, are two very risk assessments based on your understanding of how, you know, a training or something is going to go. Mm-hmm. And I think especially when you're putting it together for the first time, you know, you always, uh, yeah, there's no plagiarism in the Army. <laughs> so yeah. you're always like, hey, man, give me, do you, I'm doing an M4 range, what do you got for me? And uh, you're kind of looking at it, you're like, okay, yeah, that's a long. That looks like, you know, you're just kind of looking for um, the visual, um, visual length and like, yeah. and, and so, but then once you, once you do a couple of training events, you're like, okay, I actually need to, you know, make sure we have the earplugs, make sure the guys have food, make sure we have a warmth, make sure we're, and so it, it, I think you're right. I think the, um, experience is such a huge part of like risk assessment and it is, you know, it, uh, you know, commanders, uh, commanders manage risk, mm-hmm. uh, you know, commanders sign off on those things and the, the people who prepare them, they have having them be experienced in whether, you know, what they're preparing as far as events goes is super important. Yeah. And, you know, some of, some of the things that I see, um, you know, to kind of tap into what you said, you know, there's no plagiarism in the army, you know, um, the old cut and paste, you know, oh, it gets yeah. people, you know, <laughs> it's, I, I see some really funny stuff on there, you know, at times. Uh, so I, I had uh, one uh, draw deliberate risk assessment mm-hmm. worksheet. Uh, he's like, Hey, you know, Chris, you mind taking a look at this real quick and just let us know what you think. And it was something for like, uh, uh, for the command, 19th ESC command, and they were going to hand out awards. And I want to say it was for like, oh, uh, wow. like school, yeah, you yeah. know, and it was, it was going to be like that type of event. It's just 
they did a draw for it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is great. But then as I'm reading through it, you know, it started talking about one of the hazards was uh, underage drinking. And I'm like sitting there thinking, I'm like, what, what, what type of awards are we handing out here? You know, I mean, like, where was this when I was a soldier? You know, but uh, one shot per award, yeah, right? Yeah, one shot for an AM, two shots for an ARCA. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, hey, um, you know, I, I responded back to this individual, and I was like, hey, this is really good. It's, you know, but can we just take a, a quick, you know, extra look at this? You know, I really don't think this is what the intent of this mission is. If it is, by all means, I'm going to support you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, but really, <laughs> we'll I do just, it safely. Yeah. We'll do it and we'll do it safely. <laughs> That's right. You know, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do it. You know, it's just, I just double check, you know, before. Absolutely. And they were like, oh, good catch. You know, I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. You know, and uh, we left it between us. It didn't go anywhere. I guess it is now, you know, now it's on the <laughs> podcast. Right. No, I'm non-attributional. This, this podcast <laughs> yeah. non-attributional. Right. And it, it, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because you do, you see a lot of the copy. And I think um, uh, when, you know, we say commanders, leaders, we, we manage risk. And, you know, definitely uh, that's something that's in the commander's wheelhouse. But when it comes to the draw, you know, we... Uh, I know when you're doing op order planning and uh, operations planning, you know, you're thinking about all the things that are going to happen on the objective. You're thinking about all the things that you need to do 30 days, 60 days, uh, all that out. And oftentimes a draw is like the afterthought. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I've gotten draws for like convoys from lieutenants who uh, it's like, oh, we're worried about uh, fratricide on this convoy. Uh, what, what's happening? Like, are you right. you got live rounds? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. uh, that, you know, we're we're we're. You know, we'll sit down, we'll have these sessions, we'll we'll nug out on what, every part and piece of this training that needs to happen, and then it's like, oh, by the way, uh, let's get that draw out. Does you know, check the uh, check the uh, drive and see if we have something. And so, uh, definitely putting that time and effort into the draw is important to uh, you know making sure that our training goes off without a hitch, and it can often be a point of reflection as well. I think, right? You know, when we think about like safety. Yeah, and you know, everything comes with risk, right? Um, and you know, just the, the profession of the United States Army, there's inherent risk in your daily activities. Just being a human being, uh, there's yeah. risks in your day. <laughs> you know, waking up every morning and shaving. You know, there, there's risks in that, you know. Half asleep uh, with a razor, that's right. a <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I, I like to tell people that I'm not your, like, normal safety you know mm -hmm. i don't i don't run around and you know i tell everybody wrap them in bubble wrap and then put them to work no you <laughs> put, know, a, I, put a belt on yeah put a, put a reflective belt on the exactly, bubble wrap and, right yeah. your pt belt saves the world right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh yeah you know like we there we have to accept risk in our you know daily lives in the mission that we do you know so it's just yeah i i tell people that if you don't don't get in the habit of just signing off on risk just mm -hmm. because you can't right uh, i like to tell people if you're gonna if you're gonna assume this risk whatever it may be you have to be able to defend it um and if you can defend it then it's it's risk that you know you're you're probably okay to assume if right. it's if it's appropriate for your level as, as the command yeah, you know because it's calculated <clears throat> risk you know right. uh going back to the the commander's leader's wheelhouse in the army what we do is we take calculated risks mm -hmm. uh when we conduct training when we conduct missions we can't uh you know our job is to sort of uh you know you know we're on the wall we're out front we're we're yeah inherently doing operations in which uh, death uh, death and injury are a possibility. Mm -hmm. And it's impossible to say that the possibility of death and injury is zero, so we have to be very del deliberate in making sure that um, preventable death and injury is minimized. Yeah. Because, yeah, everything yeah. we, because like you said, our lives are, dan are inherently dangerous mm -hmm. uh, for what we do. So. Or, you know, it minimized or um, less of the severity of the mm. outcome. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Absolutely um, mitigating the outcomes. Right. You know, um, so I, I've got several combat tours, you know, mm -hmm. Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, Syria, um, you know, and then during those time periods, you know, IEDs was yeah. was big. Right. But can you defeat every single IED out there? You know, no, you you, you can't. So what are, what other measures are we going to put in place to uh, lessen the severity of the outcome? You know, yep. and that's. That's how the Army came out with, you know, um, Up Armored, uh, the uh, EWO, you know, electronic warfare, you know, of jamming signals, you know, stuff like that, you know. So Yeah, yeah. It, and it came from the risk assessments. Mm -hmm. It came from, like, analyzing the threat and being very deliberate about it and looking at routes. And, yeah, and that it, it feeds programs, yep. you know, it feeds, uh, it, you know, newer, better pieces of equipment. And, yeah, it, it, it is funny to me that, 
you know, and I mean, I'm just as guilty as anyone else is. We sometimes will, uh, you know, downplay risks and we'll be like, ah, it's fine. We've done, you know, we've done this range a million times before, yeah. like what's going to go wrong. But it really is like, you know, part of, uh, you know, sitting, uh, taking a second, stepping back and uh, being deliberate in how we assess that risk. Cause you know, when you put it on the sheet, you know, you're putting on, you're putting it on, you're not just putting it on a piece of paper. You're thinking like, man, this could actually happen. And mm-hmm. what, what are the steps that I'm going to take? And, uh, yeah, I mean, holding, having that, uh, draw in your hand, just like your con op, your op order that you can just brief anyone is just as important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and, and I tell people it only takes one time and it only takes one second, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, for individuals, you know, like you said, you know, oh, I've done this a hundred times, nothing ever happened. Well, it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen this time, you know? So you've got to continue the same frame of mind, you know, throughout the whole process. And, you know, some of the, uh, statistically, uh, you know, it's, it's the younger soldiers, right? you know, um, that don't know any better. You know, it, I always like to tell people, you know, the older I get, the smarter my parents are, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I could have saved myself yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of heartache, yeah, you know, about that, yeah, yeah. If I would have just listened to them as a teenager, you know, and stuff like that. So, uh, sometimes I think about my teachers too. I'm like, yeah. wow, that they were really good teachers. I was just a really bad student. <laughs> yeah. If I would listen to, you know, some of my NCOs when I was a younger soldier, you know, like, yeah, don't do that. And then they're like, nah, it's not, Whatever. That. yeah, I got yeah. Yeah. I'm, you don't understand. <laughs> I'm special. Right. <laughs> yeah. It'll never happen to me. me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, so it's just listening to them, you know, and then the other, the other, um, uh, group, I guess you could say, uh, would be people who have been doing it for years, Mm. you know, because they've gone through it a hundred times and nothing has happened. Right. You know, so they're, they're, they're really fitting into that category. Ah, it's, it's fine. You know, I've done this for 20 years. You know, whatever it may be, and then boom, there it happens. I think that that is like the double yeah. edge of experience, mm-hmm. where uh, especially when you, when you see a lot of uh, you know come from uh, EOD, uh, you have these NCOs who they can do most training and operations like the back of their hand. Yeah, and uh, you know they know it, they know the equipment, they know the the scenarios, and sometimes when especially when you're young, it's like, well, hey, don't we have to worry about this? And they're like, nah, it's fine. Yeah, and uh, and you do. It is uh, it is hard to. Uh, I, you know, I won't call it complacency, but it, it does, it, it sort of creeps in, it, uh, mm-hmm. it creeps into what you do when you're like, when you've done it a million times and, and you, you feel like, you know, the variables that, uh, only one thing needs to be off, uh, yep. you know, one time. And like you were saying, the, the whole, all the calculus changes. Yep. And so, yeah, it is, it's like the, you know, having experience makes you great because it makes you better at assessing risk, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it can make you like a little bit more, um, like, nah, don't worry about that. We're fine. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so you know, risk risk can be complicated. Yeah, uh, you know, understanding it, being able to manage it, it, it can. It, um, and you know, it, like like just kind of sum it up. You know, it's based off of experience. You know, your formal education, your life education. You know, all that, and then, um, you know, there's things that you just don't learn until you're of a certain age. You know, kind of going back to what I was saying about my parents. You mm-hmm. know, it's like. Uh, you know, life problems. If people told me about it when I was in my 20s, but then when, you know, just throwing a number out there, 30, like it, the light bulb moment didn't happen yeah. until I was 30. You know, I at agree. At that time, you know. When you, when like you yourself start becoming more cautious <laughs> yeah. and you start realizing, hey, maybe I'm not invincible. Right. Is there a chance that I could be hurt or die? Yeah. <laughs> you start like, you're doing some real questions about your mortality you're and right. then you're like, okay, well, maybe I'm going to check my tires. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, you know, Going on our topic here for uh, winter safe, you know, there's there's a reason why I don't snowboard and skiing, you know, because right. that, that's that's how I, that's how I die. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's yeah. how I end up like hurt for now. Just running it's not for me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so uh, uh, I think is yeah, this is a great conversation we've had about uh, risk and yeah, talking about like winter safety. So something uh, and uh, one of the reasons we want to do this podcast is when we were doing the safety stand down day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you you had a booth and something that surprised me is I did not know that this is the second most dangerous season. Uh, as far as uh, risk is concerned for like soldiers, like this is the second most, yeah. is, is the most dangerous or like mo- the most? The second most. Oh, the second most. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Second most statistically for the Army. Okay. Um, so the Army Safety Center or Combat Readiness Center, the, you know, they, they track all this and they mm-hmm. keep historical files and all this type stuff. And they, you know, I encourage everyone to go on to their website. It's easy. Uh, some things are CAC enabled, you know, like if you want to get a TM for a striker, which I recently had to do, you know, oh, wow. things like that. But, uh, 
You know, it's, it's a lot of it's open source and there's a lot of good information on there. Uh, so we don't have to reinvent the wheel going back to the previous conversation we had as well. But um, yeah, so it is it is the uh, the second most uh, deadliest time for the army. And it uh, historically, it's like November 20th through December or correction through January 4th is is very dangerous. And, and most of that is from automobiles. From driving. Oh wow! Yeah. So, uh, and this is the the season where everyone's like, we got Thanksgiving, we got yep. Christmas, we got New Year's. Uh, you know, everyone's trying to like visit family mm -hmm. and travel. So I I can see how that would that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So you know, traveling. So again, going back, it's the most dangerous thing we do, right? Is operate vehicles as as, as the army. So. Uh, like you said, traveling, then you got all these, uh, the holidays, holidays usually incorporate, uh, you know, for some people, alcohol, you know, drinking. Now, Sometimes award ceremonies incorporate alcohol. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then, uh, you know, you got on top of that, then now you got uh, icy roads or wet roads or poor car maintenance, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Like all these things start to compile and at, at some point they all align. Right. And then that's that's when you have your catastrophe. And so I know back in the States, uh, visiting family for Thanksgiving, Christmas, unfortunately, you know, one of the one of the few drawbacks about being stationed over here is we don't have we do not we don't necessarily have our family with us. So what sort of traffic safety issues do we see in Korea in particular? Yeah. So Korea has got got a lot, um, you know, just the overall driving culture of, of South Korea. It is different. <laughs> Take some adapting to. Yeah, it really does. Um you know, even even like I've been here almost going on a year now. Uh, this is my third tour in Korea. It's the first time I ever uh, had my own private, privately owned vehicle mm -hmm. here and stuff like that. So it, it, it's daunting. And, you know, I find myself taking the bus a lot of times and thinking that this is safer. But then after a couple of times of jumping on the bus and how they drive, it's like, oh, man, where's my seatbelt? There's no seatbelt. You know, matter, like what is going on? It's a matter right? of choosing, like, yeah. do, how many people do you want to be in the accident with? A bus full of people or a car full of people? Right. You know, but um, yeah. And then, you know, a lot of other things, too, or one other major factor is the type of vehicles that service members uh, or civilians drive, yeah. right? So all, all we care about is does it go, does the heater work in the winter, and does the AC week, uh, work in the summer? You and know, that's it. And we're negotiable. Yeah. I, I yeah. think I was uh, negotiable on whether or not the AC worked in the summer. Right. So. Yeah, you know, you can, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we we don't know the maintenance of mm -hmm. it, right? So talking about my car specifically, it's 12 years old, right? I don't. I think it runs good. I went and had it checked out by a mechanic. I encourage soldiers and others to go out and, uh, you know, have it uh, additional set of eyes by a, a professional yeah. mechanic. Go check it out. Um, just just bef make sure everything is safe. But um, uh, you don't know. Did the last person, did they keep up with the maintenance? When's the last time that oil was changed or your antifreeze, your windshield wipers, you know, things like that. Um, I remember when I was buying this car, uh, the, the dealer he was trying to sell to me and I was like, I want, I want new tires. Like you got it. You got to put me new tires and they were bald and they had this big bulge coming out the side. Oh, nice. And I'm like, absolutely not. And that was, it was up in Wagon, and he's like, Oh no, it's fine. You could drive it to Daegu. And I'm like, I, I'm not disputing that I can drive it. What I'm <laughs> yeah. disputing is that it's safe for me to load up, uh, not only me, but my family in this thing yeah. and then get on the highway. Like, no, like I, I, as I told him, I was like, look, sir, th this is it. Like you're going to put new tires on. Or I'm I'm walking out of this place right now. You know, it, it's take it or leave it, my friend. You know, we already set on the price. We negotiated the price, and it is what it is. But yep. I, you're gonna add tires. Yeah. And uh, so he did. Yeah. You know, he put he put new tires on it and stuff like that. It, it's funny that you mentioned that with you know, with the and you know, we call them the Korea hoopties <laughs> is uh, yeah. is uh, the the mindset you have like you know my vehicle back in the states like that's my baby like yeah i, I gotta get the oil changed i gotta get the tires red uh, if i can you know get any add-ons and put on there but then uh something that i know i fall i fall into and a lot of like my friends will be like you know i bought the car here it's like hey are you gonna uh pay to change the oil filter or do whatever like man i'm not putting money into this car like this is just here to get me around but it's like yeah. you know i'm not investing in this thing or whatever but it's like you know if you get the oil change you get the you know the filter change you're, you're, what you're doing is you're investing in your safety yeah <laughs> and it's, yeah. It, it's it's easy to forget that 
that it's like, well, this car is just a piece of junk I'm using to get around. But it's like, uh, you know, you're taking your life in, in your hands every time you get in that thing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, it, I think some of these are like legacy vehicles that have probably been around <laughs> yeah. since like the 90s right. or something. <laughs> like there's a colonels are walking around here who drove these cars when they were like lieutenants. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I, you know, I see cars with missing gas caps, oh, and, yeah. you know, or the covers for it stuff is like, man, you know, just. I don't know. It can't be that expensive. You know, I mean, I'm not a mechanic, but at least go get it checked out. Yeah, do look the internet. <laughs> you know, yeah. the internet. And who cares what color it is? You know, yeah. it's in Korea. It'd be like, why is that person got a bright orange fuel cap? Oh, well, who cares? You know, <laughs> Just, but at least you got something, you know, yeah. to keep those fumes locked in. You know, you're, you're investing a little bit of change into your into your safety mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Not only yours, but, uh, you know, others on the road, you know, yeah. unfortunately, and, you know, I hope I hope it never happens to me. But if you get into a vehicle accident, you know, you're, you're also other people are going to be involved. Right. You know. Um, so, yeah, again, that goes back to the risk management to start this conversation, you know, of, you know, trying to eliminate that hazard or, you know, at least being able to mitigate the severity of it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's funny that, uh, you know, talking about travel. So we actually, over the past, uh, last week, we came, we went down to Busan. You know, I think you went down there as well mm-hmm. to cover the training. So driving from Daegu to Busan, and then, you know, once you kind of get into the Busan area and you're you're doing the bobbing and weaving in traffic, we had a TMP. It was a big old van, a big old six-pack van, and uh, I ended up driving, uh, you know, license everything. But And, it, you know, I'm a, so I, had my, I got my license when I was 17. So for, and then I was 17, I was 17 when I joined the army. So I've done a lot of driving in my life. Like mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say like I'm an ex, expert, but experienced. Yeah. But even me, I'm like driving in this van, trying to like bob and weave through traffic. And I th- and I think about it, I'm like, man, how is a 19 year old kid doing this? Cause this is giving me anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I know to check my mirrors. I know to look for my blind spot. And it's still like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And yeah. so when I think about uh, somebody who might just be two or three years away from their license and you know, maybe they're used to driving in their hometown or uh, something that I learned is the S3 here is a lot of young soldiers, you know, we get them these TMP licenses and they don't have, well, I, I, a driver's license is a, is a requirement to get a, T, uh, to get a TMP or a, a, a tactical license here. But, no. you know, soldiers don't have licenses a lot of times. So I know when I was on hood, we would we would license them there. Mm-hmm. And so their first time they, first experience they had driving a vehicle was a Humvee. And, you know, talk about blind spots. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I, I think it's all blind spots. So. Yeah, that's a, and you know, uh, you that's a big leap, yeah. you know, what you're talking about. You're bringing this young and experienced soldier in and you're like, here, here you go. Here's your learner's permit. Drive safe. Don't do anything stupid. Right. That's your, that's your safety, the normal safety brief. Right. right. Don't, don't be stupid. Oh, what is stupid? What is stupid? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? But young soldiers yeah. is like, all right, won't be stupid. You yeah. know, they're not going to say anything you know, or ask the questions. But then, so you're like, here's your learner's permit, your, your driver's license. And now here, go drive this up armored whatever right yeah go ahead and back into that parking spot with yeah you. <laughs> exactly you know but so it's a huge leap in your risk right it's, yeah. it's it's massive so is there another way you know that you can like mitigate that you know that's what it's really what commanders and, and leaders at echelon really need to to focus on you know and the the commander's got a lot of responsibility but in there you know he's he she's got seasoned professionals mm-hmm. there to assist them you know they you know, that, that commander has their NCO core. So I'm a retired first sergeant, so I'm real big on the NCO core, right? Um, they have that, that first sergeant really there to help uh, uh, advise the commander on the training strategies for the organization. They got that young E5 that can say, hey, you know what, sir? Uh, you know, I got private starts here, but he just got his license. Like, is it okay if I, maybe I drive, you know, at right. least there? And then we can get him more, exp- he can drive around in the field. And then if if we evaluate him well enough and we're confident in his abilities, maybe they can drive back, mm-hmm. you know, on on the roads here in Korea, you know, kind of taking that approach and thinking about it. You know, commander's busy, right? They, yeah. they got a lot of responsibility and, you know, hats off to them, you know. So, you know, leaders at Echelon should really not be afraid to talk to their commander when it comes to risk, you know. Yeah. 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 Even, even the soldier, right? The soldier. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, sergeant, you know, I, I'm tired. Like, I, like, I can't keep my eyes open. You know, can we swap yeah. out? You know, sometimes soldiers don't. They, they, I, I call them. You want to be the hero. You know, yeah. like, 
No, you, it's not a sign of weakness, right? Just just tell them. Absolutely, yeah. and it, it is one of those things where, like, yeah, we we think of it uh, when you, especially when you're young, uh, everyone assumes you have all the energy in the world, and you know that you <laughs> yeah. might have been put through your paces on the training, and now you got to drive back, and sometimes raising your hand. And I, I really like what you said about the leaders echelon, because I mean, who knows the soldiers better than the NCOs? Right. And uh, when I think when you know when the when NCOs step in, and they're like, hey. I don't want. I don't want him driving. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I've seen him walk, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and yeah. it's only going to get worse between when you put him behind a wheel. And uh, you know, I think uh, commanders and uh, uh, officers in general take that. Uh, you know, take that uh, to heart, and you know, they let. Uh, that's where you know the NCOs really get to do their magic as yeah. like you know leaders of people. So definitely uh, in Korea, you know, speaking of TMPs and uh, driving down to Busan, I, I think that ends up being one of our primary modes for for getting people around. Aside from the buses and uh, the POVs, do you have any recommendations to uh, the NCOs and leadership here when it comes to putting a junior soldier behind the TMPs? TMPs do take up quite a bit of uh, you know accidents, and again, it, it goes back down to the same thing of of leaders being able to train their soldiers. You know, if they're just received their license and you're going to put them out on the roads in South Korea, you, you know, you probably should evaluate them before, you know, just like the same you would as a tactical vehicle, have them drive around the camp a little bit. Do they evaluate them? Like, are they applying the brakes properly? Are they turning left when they're supposed to be turning left? You know, I don't know how many times when I was a young driver you know, my chief would tell me, turn left. And then there I go, my, I go right. And he's like, your other left, you know, oh, they, you know what I mean? You Do know, they have the L and the R right. posted on the steering wheel? <laughs> yeah, I'm driving like this, yeah, with my yeah. hands up. But Ain't nothing wrong with using the L, I still use right. it. Um, yeah, you know, because you're nervous, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then so you're nervous, you're frightened, you don't want to mess up. You know, like, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and be like, you know what? I'm going to wreck a TMP today. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think that Life anyone has been has going it. too well for me. <laughs> right. I need a gross accident. Right. I need some <laughs> drama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, just really, you know, take it one point at a time, you know, like, you know, drive around camp a little bit, evaluate mm-hmm. them before you turn them loose on the roads. Um, you know, down here in Area 4. You know, you you feel comfortable in their abilities. The soldier feels comfortable in their abilities. Now, you know what? Let's go from uh, Henry to Walker. You know, that's a short distance, very mild, you know. Short but treacherous. Yeah, absolutely, right? (laughs) And so, you know, do that a couple times. Let them build their confidence. You're building your confidence in them as well. So they'll be like, all right, you know what? Next week, we're going to go to Camp Carroll. You know, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to have you drive down there or drive back or something like that, you know, and just again, develop that confidence in your abilities and stuff like that. You know, um, and that's saying like, oh, here's your TMP license and now go to Camp Casey, you know, <laughs> you did the oh, online course. Yeah. And, yeah. And you're, yeah. You did the online. You're good. And you know what? You're going to go by yourself. And yeah, now you, you no, and this yeah. other specialist are going to go. You're going <laughs> right. to have four specialists in the back. I'm sure you're going to be quiet and like, well, man, yeah. the whole ride. Right. <laughs> you know, and um, yeah. So just really don't want to rush to failure. Right. So I always yeah. had leaders talk about, you know, but talk about that but don't rush to failure mm-hmm. you know that just just take your time make sure you're there safely you know um a w is a w you know what i mean mm-hmm. like if you win by one point or you win by 100 points that's still a w right yeah. so if you if your mission is to go from area four to area one and drop off some nods i don't know i'm just making stuff up right yeah. in a tmp and you can do that safely like that's a, that's a win right yeah. uh there's no, there's no time limit. There's no, no one going to yell at you and scream at you and all this other type stuff. You, you got it there. Now I'm saying you probably shouldn't be stopping and hanging out in the dragon and, you know, get a, <laughs> eat lunch and dinner yeah. and, and young song, you know, that's Somehow not Somehow you ended up in Seoul. Right, right. You did this grand You're tour. You're using the nods to, you know, do some hiking. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you yeah. know, within the parameters of your mm-hmm. mission, you know, but. It is. Yeah. I, I agree. I think the, you know, uh, when is, you know, something like driving and where if for senior leaders, you, you know, we've all been driving around. We, we all generally go to remote areas and there's a lot of driving involved in your life. And so it, it becomes a disc. You discount it. You discount the risk and you it's so easy to forget. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, for me, I, I was because I think we talked last weekend or last week before I drove down. So like I kind of had safety on my mind. I was like, man, like. This is giving me nerves. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine uh, having just gotten my license and like, all right, drive to Busan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. not it, not getting into an accident, right? And that's only one small portion, you yeah. know. Now, now throw in all the other things that are accomplished with it too. You know, your GPS, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're over there playing around with GPS, and uh, you know, you 
AFN, I don't like that song. Yeah. I'm gonna put it over here. Yeah. You start pressing buttons, you know, all this other type stuff. And even, so, even little things like uh, when you uh, and I think we, uh, we were talking about it on the way back up. Even things like having passengers and like you know just having normal conversations with yeah. the passengers while you drive. Uh, we don't think about it, but when you're when you're because uh, uh, I remember from driving school all the way back when I was like 16. Is you know they said like when you first start driving, you shouldn't really have anyone in the car with you aside from like a parent because they can be distractions. Mm -hmm. And so yep. you know that that applies to this as well. It's like when you have like you know a van full of soldiers and NCOs and people, and you know we're kind of you know generally tend to be conversational. Is like you're trying to focus on driving and everyone's everyone's just kind of talking and yeah. you know like you know just having like normal conversations and that can be distracting to your driving as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I think something, and uh, I think this is unique to Korea because I've never seen it on any other base is, uh, you know, because the, it's so restricted on who can drive it, I believe it's E7 and up. And then if you have a family, uh, I think one of the ways we mitigate that aside from having buses are the PTDs. And that's the, the personal travel devices. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Per, uh, personal transportation. Uh, devices, personal yeah. transportation. And they come in all kinds of shapes and sizes yeah. you got the scooters you got the bikes you got the weird one wheelie thingies yeah. like it's a uh, it's fantastic and amazing and a little uh nerve-wracking to watch these soldiers um you, you know travel the base and then go in between bases on these things mm. and do you have any like recommendations for you know the operation of those things yeah so the uh USFK, 8th Army, 19th ESC we all have a very robust program that has a lot of um, requirements in order to um, operate one of those. So you have the the formal education, you mm -hmm. know, yeah, it's online, but it's formal. Um, you know, a lot of soldiers here, they just like hop on it and go. I was like, oh, I did the online training. I'm good. And just hop on it and go. Well, you know, some of those things, they, they move. Get fast. Right? Yeah. And you can fly. Uh, I think they figure out how to like take the limiters off and, yep. uh, yep. you know, now you got this thing going 60 yeah. miles an hour. Thing is flying, right? And then, you know, all you got is your little like helmet and a PT belt, right? And you're good. You're yeah. in your safety bubble. And, and a PT yeah. belt, will it counts for a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, but, uh, yeah. So, you, you know, at the end of the day, you know, some of them are like on two wheels. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's less traction. Right? right. So it's all about how you operate it. You know, when knowing when to shift your weight, how to apply your weight, how to apply your brakes. You know, there there's other training that you should be having as well. Right. And and, you know, maybe just ride around your little uh, barracks area or something like that. Kind of get used to the vehicle. And then again, it goes back to what we were saying. You know, a lot of these have been handed down One's uh When's the last maintenance done on it? You know, yeah. and, and a lot of them are batteries uh, charged. So uh, now you're incorporating a whole nother hazard of the battery, you know, electrical. Uh, is it going to start foaming up on you? You know, is it going to, does it have Spill a leak? Yeah. yeah. You know, all that type stuff. Is it going to explode? You know, if you plug it in, you know, all that type stuff. So yeah. there, there's a lot of hazards with it and, and you really got to be careful, right? So motorists should be looking out for PTDs. And then PTDs also have their own individual responsibility yeah. to look out for motorists as well. Just don't assume they see you because oh, you, yeah. you got the PT belt yeah, or, or whatever. A, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. I think is uh, a motorcycle safety course is yep. one of the ones that you have to take. And I remember a long time ago I used to have my license, and uh, that's the one thing they say is like don't assume the driver sees you. Yeah, and like you know do everything you can own your space because uh, and I mean and I used to this was when I was stationed in Arizona and everyone. They definitely don't see you and they're all always going really fast and uh, you know you think about the ptds like even on the the roads going you know talking about between um camp walker and camp henry uh the yeah like it's a sh it's what maybe like a mile yeah but it's a it's a well traversed mile <laughs> like it <laughs> right. is a, there are some obstacles and there's a crosswalk there's everyone's trying to get through yeah. uh and so like yeah now you got your little scooter which has even less of a profile than yep. like a, a small motorcycle and yep. it's a yeah it's a you know that, that stuff is like super important to keep in mind yeah and you know again remember it's on two wheels you know yeah. unlike for like a like an automobile mm -hmm. right so you know if you if you hit a, a little patch of ice or some like frozen leaves on the sidewalk um you, it's gonna it's gonna act differently than yeah. your automobile no yeah, right absolutely. and then your two wheels you're talking maybe quarter of an inch half inch of traction that you actually have right. making contact with the surface you know compared to an automobile tire yeah, so there, there's a lot more hazards associated with it. And then, you know, there's nothing there to protect you, just just you and the space around you. The open to, road. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> so as, as a motorcycle rider myself, you know, I, I don't have a motorcycle anymore. I got rid of it before we uh, came to Korea. But, um, 
yeah, you know, I, I enjoy the open road, you mm-hmm. know, and all that type of stuff. But yeah, you you have to be very careful. Yep. It's um, not it's not the same as uh, you know more, you know driving the car having an audiobook on and just kind of going. It's like a, a constant wariness mm-hmm. of like man, this guy's too close to me, or whoa, they slowed down really fast, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, because you know, whoever causes the accident, whoever's at fault, uh, the person on the motorcycle or the PTD is the one who's going to get the most injured, right? And yeah, so, yeah it, and, it is. And you have no idea what the motorist is going through their minds. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're having a bad day. And they're thinking about everything that happened during the day. You right. know, maybe they're on their way home uh, and they're just thinking about what it is going home. Like they're not even really focused on the driving aspect. They just know like muscle memory, like how to drive and get home. Right. But their mind is somewhere else. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, and maybe you can confirm this. I think I read this uh, a while ago that like the most dangerous part of any drive is like the last bit. It's like when you're closest to home is because that's when you're like, all right, I'm done. I did it. And so your your guard is down. You're already thinking about like dinner or whatever it is. And it's like in that last, I don't know what, whatever the distance, a mile, quarter mile, that a lot of accidents occur because that's when people just don't, they've just stopped thinking about, you know, being Mm -hmm. safe on the road and they're just trying to think about the next thing. No. Yeah. That's accurate. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of studies on that. Like uh, one, the national transportation safety bureau, um, excuse me. They, uh, they, you know, they, came up with the same conclusion, you yeah. know, and it's just because people kind of mentally check out from driving, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, you get in the car and, you know, drive out of the parking lot and they're heading home and then they check in, you know, mm-hmm. like for operate safely operating their vehicle. And then when they get real close, they check out yeah. and now they're just thinking about, you know, what, man, what's for dinner or what time's my show again, you know, or Dane, I still got three hours of emails I got to shift through, you know, yeah. stuff like that, whatever it may be for that individual. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like that last turn or whatever mm-hmm. before you hit the road. And then I like, I, I've, I've definitely resembled that. Oh yeah. I saw before we were just like taking that turn. It's like, ah, oh, all right, man, I think I got some in the fridge. I'm going to heat something up and watch some Netflix. And then, it, you know, uh, you see someone's walking their dog or something. And uh, yeah, that's where the, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I can see how that would happen. Yeah. And so I know we've been focusing a lot on, uh, you know, driving safety, but when we talk about the winter season being the most dangerous, what are some of the other things that we have to look out for? Yeah. So one of them would be uh, electrical safety. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, holidays, Halloween, for example, you know, hanging up lights and stuff like that. Um, you know, here in being in Korea, you get a completely different set of voltage, like type of electricity. Yeah, right? with the 120 versus the yep. 220? Yeah, uh, 110. Oh, 110. 110 oh, versus goodness. 220. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not an expert on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, and a lot of times, you know, people just think, oh, it's plug and play. Well, it might be. But, you know, it take, take that time. Look at that owner's manual. Look at the label on there. Figure out what your what type of electricity, you know, that piece of equipment it it requires you know or if you have those step downs those transformers right so those are very important you know just be like oh i'm gonna plug this in and it's a one kilowatt you know and you're (laughs) running i don't know you're running your washing machine on it and the next thing you know starts smoking and catches on fire or whatever right so so you can just plug them in then start plugging things in it's not like a it's not like a uh you know a extension quarter and right. you have to actually i think you were saying before you have to actually monitor them to make yeah, sure they're doing all right. you have to monitor it but then before you even do that you got to do math in it right so <laughs> yeah so it really comes down to watts so uh it's not plug and play necessarily you know if you have a little one and you're going to plug in your cell phone you're probably safe again reference your owner's manual you know reference what the manufacturer says um but you you have to you have to calculate how many watts are in there, especially if you're going to plug in multiple items into this one yeah. uh, transformer. You know you 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 take each one from each individual item to include the uh, the safety or the surge protector, and you calculate all those up total watts. You just add them, right? Simple basic math, and then look at what the manufacturer has for the transformer. You know it'll, they will tell you how many Gosh, watts yeah. it it can it's capable of handling. And then also the manufacturer, like from the PX that you, those transformers buy, they also want you to have a 50% buffer. So, mm-hmm. you know, you add one plus one plus one, that's three plus 50%. There you go. And then as you look at the transformer, what it, what it requires, if you're under the 50%, you're good. Plug it in, plug all your items in, you're good to go. Right. You know, but, and this is the time of year where we, we plug in a lot of stuff, whether yep. it's Halloween lights, crock pots, Trees, safety heaters, yeah, safety heaters, or, yeah, yeah, or not safety, or safety heaters. <laughs> oh my god, um, yeah, uh, space, space heaters. heaters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are we Sa- talking well, about? Yeah. Well, safe space heaters are safety. Heaters. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Good, good recovery. I think. Yeah, I think that's a new product. You could. Uh... <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah, no, good recovery. Yeah, so you definitely want to go back and, and monitor your all of your electronics that you start plugging in, right? If it starts getting warm, you know, you might need to, you know, downgrade a little bit. I'll start unplugging some things and get another one in there, you know, all that type stuff. I so. think you were mentioning with, with space heaters, there is like additional risk uh, when you're trying to like use them to keep yourself warm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, space heaters uh, are great, you know, they'll keep you warm, but they also pull a lot of power, mm -hmm. right? Um, so if you're renting on the economy, your landlord might be a little upset at you, but... Um, you know, that electricity bill is going to go up. But right. um, the other thing you really get is consider too is that, you know, you want to get one of those ones where if you, it gets knocked over, yeah. you know, it turns off mm -hmm. instead of just sitting there burning on your carpet. And then next thing you know, you, your stuff is on fire, you know, or if you got it real close to your, your bed at night, you know, and your blanket, your tosser and turner like me, and your blanket ends up on top of it. Right. You know, will it you're catch just, fire? Yeah, right. And you're wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you want to maintain at least three feet around it, like mm -hmm. all, at all times, you know, kind of put it in the middle of nowhere where it can't get knocked over, you know, things like that. Nothing can land on top of it. And then, you know, make sure you turn it off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like just it's not it's not plug in, turn on and forget. Right. So yep. if you're not if you're leaving, turn it off and unplug it. Mm -hmm. You know, just so just just don't leave it on all time. Yeah, I think uh, having like a temperature go probably like yeah. you know, rather than just leaving it on and like letting the, the the room get to like 100 degrees. And now now you're increasing risk mm -hmm. of setting like a temperature, you know, like when mom and dad used to do with the thermostat and they're like, ah, it's already yeah. it's already 65. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So and so when we talk about uh you know re uh, recreational safety too and I, I know you mentioned that you don't uh, you yourself avoid uh, the snowboarding and yeah. uh, skiing because of the risk but for the people who do enjoy that stuff what are some things that you recommend? Uh, so one get training right so putting on skis or putting on a snowboard and just going out there yeah that's a method but it's probably not the safest method <laughs> right so um, you know ask for an instructor pay for the little bit. Uh, pay a little bit of money and have and be professionally trained uh, and learn the ins and outs and the various types of uh, safety mitigations that go along with that type of event. Right. So, um, you know, I'm Chris Darns and I'm throwing on skis for the first time and I'm going to go outback skiing. It's probably not the safest thing for me to do. Right. <laughs> right. I'm just going to go out in the just woods out and by just, yourself. Yeah. Just go <laughs> for it. Right. Um, but yeah, no, get you know, get some experience, you know, Hey, don't be afraid to, or embarrassed to jump on the little kitty lane. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I say, I, I start, I, I start on the bunny slopes. Yeah. <laughs> you need right? to warm up somewhere. And <laughs> if the kids get in your way, just kind of boot them out of the way. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. But get, get trained, right? Just, just ask yeah. for help and, and, and get trained by a professional, right? I think you were too talking about, uh, layering. And so there is yeah. such a thing as like over layering, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. When you and I were talking about, you know, we talked about that movie, uh, uh, Christmas story. Yeah, Christmas story, right? <laughs> Where the mom dresses up the little kid and he can't He's even like put his arms down. Around, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great, right? It's yeah. it's funny, but uh, yeah, the, you, if you overdress, you you run the risk of overheating mm -hmm. and then dehydrating, right? Right. So a lot of people think, oh, it's cold. I'm not going to drink water, or they consume less water. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know, take that in into account, right? It should just be loose, warm. Uh, you know, and then easily to, and you want to be layered to where your clothing is easily to be taken off mm -hmm. or put back on. Gotcha. All right. So, so, so getting all poofed out isn't yeah. the safest option. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the three onesies and yeah. then, you know, whatever other type clothes you have on piled on top of that probably isn't the best method. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, get, um, get clothing that is designed for the cold weather, for mm -hmm. the type of environment, right? So, you know, those summer Nikes, and then you're going to go up to the slopes and just walk around in the mountains, you know, it's probably yeah. not the best to, to be walking walk around, around with cold toes. Yeah. And it's funny that you do mention like the, the dehydration. And I think that is not, that's definitely not something that you think about. I think uh, sunburn too, when you're on the slopes, yeah. uh, you know, talking about sun being reflected out the snow and it's on your face and mm -hmm. having to cover your, that, it's it, the, it's like the things we think about, it's like, well, I don't want to freeze to death, but it's like, well, you could also get dehydrated and get sunburned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, chillblains, you know, oh, with right, your eyes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. uh, that really what that is, is like a sunburn on your eyes. Oh, wow. Right. So uh, chillblains is like little blisters in your eyes that are from the sun. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that sounds, sounds extremely wonderful, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
so just you know you want to make sure you got eye protection on Chance appropriate eye protection yeah cool sunglasses yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know um throw some sun it doesn't hurt to put some sunblock on you know it, it is recommended you know just just to mitigate those factors mm. as well yes yeah absolutely if, you, yeah. if you're gonna have fun you uh, you know the best way to have fun is be safe while you're having fun yeah you know it's like when you're taking risk in your personal life is like it's the you know you want to take like the going down the soaps you want to risk getting blisters in your eyeballs i don't think that's like a, ever a goal <laughs> when, <Right>. you're, <laughs> when yeah. you're out uh, skiing <laughs> trying to stare right up at the sun yeah <laughs> you know and if you like having fun you know it's it's not a one-time event right mm-hmm. so be safe about it so you can do it again right you know and then again or as for as long as you want and or willing yeah, yeah. you know to do it so you know having going out having fun on on the ski slopes or whatever is not necessarily a one-time event so you know just do it safely yeah. so you can have experience the equipment again. yeah mm-hmm. have the equipment and don't make it a miserable time so you do yep. want to go out again yeah it is yeah. i think it, that stuff uh, a lot of first timers when they aren't prepared properly they have a absolute garbage time and you know maybe a couple a couple uh, steps of preparation or you know, having some buddies with you could could keep that from happening yeah absolutely and so when we uh so i mean i think last but definitely not least uh you know talk about like winter health and safety uh i, I know you mentioned it when we talked before is mental health yeah so like mental health in the winter time that's a you know it, it, i feel like there's a there's two sides because you know you have the holidays you have the the overall spirit of like you know togetherness but then it's also you know mostly dark and cold so. mm, yeah <laughs> yeah so the, your environment plays a lot into it you know um it's cold and it's dark and so a lot of people just want to stay indoors and mm-hmm. you know people in general are are normally like social animals, right? That's just what we are. We like to yep. be around others, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Everyone kind of then starts to isolate themselves, yeah. you know, not necessarily because they want to, but because it's cold, no one wants to be out there, be right. cold and miserable, right? So then that leads to other things, um, you know, for, for mental health. And, you know, uh, mental health is very important uh, for for anyone. And I, and I always tell people, you know, seek professional help. You know, it, it's, it's near and dear to my heart. Um, whether it be work-related, home-related, talk to someone. I Heck, if you want, you come out, you stop by the safety office and you come talk to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not a trained professional, but you know what? Come talk to me. And I think and, we do. And, I, yeah. you know, you mentioned that. And I think something we talk a lot about in this podcast is, you know, there's a lot of awesome things about being stationed in Korea. But one of the drawbacks is you don't have those support systems like mm-hmm. you would back in the States. And so when you're, you know, when you call want to call your friends and family, a lot of times that you'd want to call them and you're awake, they're asleep. Mm-hmm. And so we we have to lean on each other a lot more than we would uh, say if we were stationed somewhere back in the U.S. And I think, yeah. you know, that's a, you know, that that is such a very that's a very, um, you know, that's a very good offer. Because, yeah, I mean, you, uh, you know, sometimes a safety guy when he's got some time on his hands is, you know, if somebody wants to come talk to you, then, yeah, and same. Like, I think we ha- being available to each other because we don't have our friends and family is such a huge uh, safety net when we talk about, like, the loneliness and isolation. Yeah. And then, you know, you just got your family, you miss your family and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, I've been there. Yeah. You know, I, I've been there through numerous holidays and missed birthdays and all the other significant life events, you know. So I get it. Um, again, you know, I, I, you know, I work for the soldier, right. Mm-hmm. You know, what, whether it be from the commander all the way down to the brand new private, that, like that's, that's my job, right. Is to right. be there and make sure that they're safe. And a part of that again is mental health. You know, again, I'm not, I'm not a trained mental health professional, but you know what you come in and I will listen to you. Yeah. Right. And then I will, I will find the professionals there to, to help you. Yeah. Just, just stop on by. And I think, and I think you make a good point is like, we don't have to be uh, professionals. We just have to be empathetic. We have to Mm -hmm. listen and we have to let the person who's talking to us know that, you know, uh, their experiences are real. What they're going through is, you know, it's okay. It's normal. And that we're here for them. I think that's a huge part of like being there for each other. So, uh, you know, as we're kind of winding down this conversation, what are, would you say like three points that you want anyone listening to our podcast to take away from, uh, winter safety? Okay. So I think number one is uh, going back to the very beginning of our conversation where we say, you know, don't be stupid. Okay. (laughs) Like people need to define what that is. Right. Like that's on the leader. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, even, even your buddy, you know, and be like, Hey, you know, Sergeant Starnes is saying, don't be stupid. But what he's really saying is, you know, don't do this, you know, like check on your butt, you know, let them know, Um, you know, so be able to define that. Number two, 
invest in your safety, you know, whether right. it costs you a couple bucks, uh, some wand or whatever, invest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you get what you, you get out what you put in. Yeah. Right. Um, and then number three for, for mental stability, mental health is, is talk to professionals, talk to someone, mm-hmm. you know, um, something just, just don't keep it balled up. It's okay. Right. So th- those would really be three big things. Uh, that I would stress to anyone, uh, you know, taken away, you know, three big takeaways. Yeah, that's perfect. So, um, and, and uh, you know, kind of wrapping it up, I just really want to say, you know, how lucky are we, you know, to be in 19th ESC, right? Yeah. So it, it's a great organization. Um, you know, I've, I've had conversations with General Chris, uh, Command Sergeant Major Peters, various leaders throughout the organization. And, and they care. Oh, they do. Yeah. And and you can, you can tell when someone's like, genuinely concern for the soldiers and someone who just says that just just because they they they, it sounds like the right thing to do right they read it in a book about being a leader yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely right and uh but no you know all the leaders that i've talked to like all the way down even at the battalion level and then the soldiers that i've talked to uh the individual soldiers like they they generally care yeah right and and so like it, it's just so important that as a leader, you generally care for your soldiers, Absolutely. right? And then understand their safety, uh, and then doing everything you possibly can to ensure their safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so again, how lucky are we? I mean, they, it's an awesome command team up there. Um, our DCO, uh, Colonel Baker's amazing. Our chief of staff, Colonel Henneman is amazing. Our G3 team up there, you know, when they're putting all their op orders together and making these plans and stuff, you know, they do take the extra time to ensure that the risk management process is there. And like, it's just, it's a, it's a great place to be yeah, uh, and and be a part of the organization. It really is. It's great. That's a good uh, station of plug choice. So if you're, if you're hearing that, go on and give a 19th ESC a look. (laughs) We have some job openings. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be on YouTube, right? So they always say, hit that like and subscribe. We'll post the openings right here. Yeah, Yeah, no, but yeah. So we, we have a a tradition on the Every Soldier Counts podcast uh, where we ask our guests who come, uh, what is your favorite part of being in Area 4? Ah, oh, man, you put me on the spot. That's a great one because you know it's it's not it's, not a yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it stuff. is for me because I've never really considered that. But I guess being in Area Four has just been amazing. Like uh, up at Area One, I guess we had to travel. Mm-hmm. You know, get on a bus, go to Weijambu if we wanted something um, that kind of resembles some sort of normalcy or something like right. that. But here. It's just amazing. Like they say, uh, powerful Daegu. That's the new one now, yeah, right? Yeah, they got yeah. rid of colorful Daegu. Daegu is an amazing place to be. It it's really right is. right outside the door. Yeah. Uh, and it, this is, yeah. I'd... They got shopping centers, movie theaters, restaurants, and everything in between. It, it's awesome. And and getting out there and talking to the local population. So my uh, apartment complex, I think... Again, and I don't walk around my apartment complex stalking everybody, but <laughs> no, I don't. I have not seen it yet, right? Safety inspection. <laughs> yeah, safety <which>, inspection. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what's your nationality? Uh, yeah. No, but like, it seems like I think I'm the only like, I guess you could say foreigner mm-hmm. in my apartment complex, and I and I talk to my neighbors. Yeah. Right. We end up start cr- striking conversations and stuff like that. So just getting out and learning about the culture, learning uh, you know, what the South Koreans what they have to offer and stuff like that. It's just been amazing. It's been a very yeah. wonderful and accepting uh, time. You know, and and I guess that is one thing that I really like that I did not get, you know, on my on my previous tours up in Area One. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think the we it, it's easy to take for granted the fact that this is one of the few bases in the army where uh, there's just a big city right out there. Yeah, and you can live, you can do your training, you can do all the things that we do in the army, and then when you're done, you're like, ah, I'm gonna go watch a movie at the you know at the mall, yep. and then I'm gonna do some shopping, and then I'm gonna eat a really nice restaurant, and then I'm gonna go back to my barracks. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is a yeah. it is a it is a very unique experience that you get to uh, have here at uh you know in area four so. yeah that's well, great thank you so much again for joining us oh, thank you uh, it, it, this was a wonderful conversation i, I know we we kind of we had like i think we had three points we wanted to hit we ended up hitting like seven yes yeah. so. <laughs> hey it's great you know let's just let's just keep it going but yeah, yeah. um we, we'll definitely have to continue doing yeah. this you know yeah yeah, yeah. you're you're uh, you've been a wonderful guest and you're more than welcome to come back yeah, well thank you thank you again chris uh 19th esc safety officer yeah. uh we i think we covered a lot of really good topics 
This has been the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Remember, you can hear us anywhere you listen to uh, anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Also, if you want to see my beautiful mug, you can uh, follow the link on Facebook and watch our video podcasts on YouTube. Thank you, and see you next time.